welcome to Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm, I'm laughing because you really put me off counting down and not counting up. I was expecting the one, two, three, go. And you, and you started at three and I, was, I didn't know what to do. That's okay. I'm easily confused. Hello, and uh, welcome to episode 23. Hello. Was that, did Poppy shake or did somebody do a little drum roll? <laughs> <laughs> it was Poppy shaking. <laughs> yeah, now she's scratching to come under the blanket. It was literally when I said, welcome to episode 23 and then she flapped her ears as she shook and it sounded yeah. like a little drum yeah. roll like she was going yay <laughs> yeah yay oh, bless her be oh bless poppy poppy is uh tasha's dog for uh, people who don't know yeah. you won't know because we edit her out because she's why would you yeah no, exactly and we oh, never talk about her bless but her. <laughs> little poppy she's the podcast mascot <laughs> she's always with us yeah <laughs> yeah so i found something out right you guys have heard of that website fiverr yeah yeah so it's a website what no, well have? well maybe because it's that that website where i found the artist to do our logo that's amazing oh okay yeah so basically you can go on that website you can find all sorts of different people for that do different jobs basically yeah. And uh, so I was listening to a new podcast that I've just found that's very funny and highly recommend called uh, Brian and Eric Don't Belong Here. So shout out to them if they're listening, by the way. So I was listening to them. Hi, guys. And um, they mentioned that they'd noticed on Fiverr they can get like <laughs> magician, not, not like magicians with rabbits and stuff. <laughs> But, like, right. people to cast spells and stuff like that. Like witches. Like witches. <laughs> yeah, magicians. <laughs> <laughs> so that got me thinking. I was like, oh, I wonder if they have psychic mediums on there. So off I went on my little Fiverr exploration. And, uh, yeah, they do have psychic mediums on there. And I got in touch with one. And I'm seriously considering getting a reading. It all happens over the phone. I don't know how I feel about readings over phone. No, I'm suspicious. And online. I'm not going to lie, I'm you suspicious. You know, like when you see it on TikTok, and you're like, all right, hon. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And they're like, I, be- I thoroughly believe in psychics and all that type of thing. All but that do jazz. I believe that I can sit in my living room in my pyjamas... <laughs> And you can tell me to think about something and then you can home in on it. No, I don't believe that. I don't know. She yeah. has got some... I, this, well, I, yeah, I reckon you should try it and let us know. Exactly. I, I thought it might be really good. A, I'm very curious because she's got amazing reviews. She's got thousands of like five-star reviews. Yeah, either she's very good at cold reading, but I'm not sure how you could cold read somebody over the phone. Or, yeah, she's got a gift. I don't know. I kind of want to give it a go and then report back. I I just feel if I ever went to a medium, I'd be crying from the beginning to the end. Oh, my God. The minute I see anyone, like a therapist or a doctor or any, I'd just start crying. Oh, 
Beck, same, same. I go to the doctor. The doctor, I must literally think I'm a fucking nutcase because I'm absolutely fine in the (laughs) waiting room. I get in his office, tears, just tears. Yeah. And then I can't explain what I'm saying. You know when kids are really upset and they're trying to explain something and then they go, and then, and then, and then, like that. And I, I, I can't explain. I'm like, just terrible. In floods of tears. I completely get that. I cry all the time. And I was getting a little bit emotional just like uh, DMing this psychic medium on Fiverr. Just a little bit emotional. Oh, really? Yeah. I, the last reading I had with um, was a friend of mine. There was things she said that uh, nobody knows yeah. uh, necessarily here in England. And I literally just spent the whole time sitting in her living room crying. It's an emotional thing. But then you're exhausted, aren't you? Yeah, it's so emotional, isn't it? I don't want to know anything about my future or anything like that. They don't... I don't think they're Well, there was... Tash, Fiverr, I tell you, you can find anybody to do anything on there. There was people who were going to like, you want some black magic? You want some curses? I can do that. It's (laughs) (laughs) $29.99. That's a bit dodgy. I feel like they can give you some clarity, can't they? I want to talk to my dad. That's or I want a message from my dad, and that is like the ultimate dream. But yeah. it's also putting me off because I know that if it's a con, or like she pretends or makes stuff up, or it's going to really piss me off. Like I find I'll find it. But did you? You obviously haven't told her that's what you want. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. But she, uh, yeah, she said she does communicate with spirit. Um, if they want to, obviously she can't force them to, which I get, but I don't know. Like, part of me is like, I really want to, but another part of me is like, I'd find it so disrespectful because I'm not stupid. I would be able to suss it out if it was a con and yeah. I'd, I'd, I, it would make me rather angry. Like, I don't know, dishonouring his memory in some sort. I don't know. Mm, yeah. Have you ever thought about it, Becky, for your mum? I mean, uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think, like, I'd just be too emotional, and I'd be really, like you, I'd be really upset. Um, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't really thought about it before. I thought about, like, there's those films where, oh, what are they called? The Returned or something, it's a series, it was on Netflix, where, like, dead people come back to life. Oh, yeah. They just turn up in the town. Yeah, and then they never made another season. I was really angry about it. But um, that was, that I'd just be in a flood of tears. I just wouldn't, I don't know. It'd be just, it'd be too much. Yeah, um, I know, I get that. But there are certain things that I really want to know. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, oh, oh completely. I mean, it's it's a personal decision, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, there is that little bit of doubt of, is this going to be a complete con and a piss take? In which case, I'm, you know, not going to be happy about it. I don't know. It's only 30 bucks for like half an hour's yeah. phone call, which isn't bad. So I might give it yeah. a go. I mean, you could always, yeah, you could always do it once, see how you feel, kind of almost build up a relationship um, with the medium. Because people go and see mediums quite a lot, don't they? I know that you know, haven't got money to throw at this person every time. Not but, yet. Um, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Wink, wink. <laughs> and um, I was going to say, I also found people that can tell you like about your past lives, which I felt 
I thought was really interesting. I think that's cool. I think yeah, I'd, really I'd definitely like do that. that. Mm. But then surely can't they just make any old shit up and you'd be like, oh, wow, that's amazing because there's like no proof. Yeah, absolutely. Of course they could. So maybe maybe I should do that as well. <sighs> Still fun though. It is fun, yeah. So I've also got some news for you all. Ooh! Uh, yeah. Um, following last week's episode and the rocking horse. Oh, no. I got rid of mine. Did you Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's been on the cards for a long time. Like, I needed to... It was just on my lands in taking up space. Not paying rent. But I finally put a little ad out on Facebook asking if anyone could take some of my stuff to the tip. And uh, in about three minutes, a little old man was like, I can if you like, but I might like the rocking horse for my grandchildren. Oh, I was like, please do with it what you will. And uh, gave him a little bit of money and he come and collected all my rubbish for me. Oh, oh bless him. Yeah. I've no idea what he's done with it. I don't, I'm not fully convinced it. He was going to take it to the dump. Well, he might. Well, it doesn't matter, does it? It's not in your house anymore. But well, I had a mattress and he said, I've got lots of dogs. They'll like that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and um, the rocking horse wasn't haunted. So it's not like you've cursed no, his no, family. No, 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 not haunted. I'm kind yeah. of disappointed, Tash, because when you said after last week and then my rocking horse, I was like, yes, tell it, tell me it moved. <laughs> tell me it did something. <laughs> no, I just thought I need to get rid of that now because every time I walk past it, I hold my breath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry it scared so, you. Yeah. No, no, absolutely fine. I, um, today I thought I'd go to a different country for a, um, for a story because I feel like I've been favouritising France the past few times. But to be fair, you know, a lot of people won't have heard those stories, so. Yeah, um, when, when I do stories from France, I'm going to try and do the stories that I know are not very, uh, well known outside of France, so it's just new stories, isn't it, new? Yeah new things because when I do listen to a lot of true crime podcasts and you do kind of hear the same stories sometimes again and again it's nice to hear how other people tell them but it's still the same story so I thought I'd go to Portugal with this one this is the story of the Lisbon Ripper oh I like I like it already yeah (sighs) so we'll have a good ripper yeah so there's a slight disclaimer the themes of this story, especially when I describe the murder scenes, it can be a little bit distressing because it is a little bit gory. But my stories are never all sunshine and rainbows, are they? But it is a little bit more gory. Right, so, Lisbon Ripper. This starts in on the 31st of July 1992. A body of a woman was found in a large cabin Oh yeah, there's lots of Portuguese names here, so I'm going to slaughter all these. So this body was found in a large cabin in the Povora da Danza Adrial area. I know it well. Yeah. Near the famous Eduardo VII Park, which that's quite a famous park in, in Lisbon. I think it's on like gardens all done out. What police found at the scene was a body of a young woman. She was found in a huge pool of her blood. Her her body looked as if a rodent of great size had chewed it. What the fuck? That's weird. That's a very yep. odd way to explain it. That's a quote as well. That's in speech marks. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Must be true then. Yeah. I could just imagine a huge, but they said it looks like a huge rat at DNA. That's how chewed up it looked. That's grim. Yeah. There was a large hole in in her abdomen and around two and a half metres of intestines laid scattered around. Oh, Ooh. not a fan of the the insides being outside. Is it disemboweled? Can't your intestines stretch, stretch to the moon or something like that? <gasps> no, babes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I said it and as soon as it left my mouth, I was like, for fuck's sake. No, but there's a thing. What can stretch to the moon? Something can, I don't know what it is, but it's not your intestines. <laughs> Oh. Something can, can't it? Is it five meters your intestines? No, but what? Can... They are quite long. What can stretch to the moon? There is something that can stretch to the moon. What I'm gonna Google what stretches to the moon. <laughs> and I'm googling how long are intestines. There is something. DNA can stretch to the moon oh, and back right. almost one thousand five hundred times. Right, okay, so maybe not intestines, but it is something. <laughs> I'm not completely stupid, okay? Uh, human intestines, so they're six metres or 20 feet long. Oh, I was nearly there. For the small intestine, and the large intestine is about 1.5 metres or five feet long. So there you, there you go. Definitely not enough to get <laughs> to the moon. It's, it's a dent. It's a start. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen, my life goal is to get my intestines long enough to get to the moon. And I will swing there and live there. No, but there. your DNA could get you there. Yeah. 1,500 so, times, apparently. Well, there you go. So, I gave you a little bit of a fact. No, you didn't. Yeah. No, no they- Tash. <laughs> <laughs> DNA and intestines have got fuck all to do with each other. They're inside... Well, that's not true. That's not true. Because if you didn't have DNA, you couldn't have intestines. Well, yeah, okay. If you're going to get super technical, but you definitely did not (laughs) give us any type of fact whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, it's as if I said, what's a million plus a million? You said seven. Oh, well, that's a number. (laughs) Exactly what it's like. <laughs> oh, we've got Mutley back. <laughs> no, it was fun. So there you go. <laughs> it was. It did. It did. That's the first time I've actually laughed properly all day. There you go. So her t- intestine, two point four meters. So what? A third of her intestines were scattered around. And the entire colon of the victim was missing. <gasps> God, stop laughing. <laughs> I'm trying to hold it in so bad. Hang on. It was missing like somebody yeah, stole... La- and Tash is laughing about it. Somebody stole her colon, Tash. <laughs> they sent her to the moon. I'm laughing at my stupidity. <laughs> I know you're laughing at your stupidity. I would never laugh at a missing colon. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Natasha would never <laughs> laugh at a missing colon. Have you guys talking about colons? Have you guys seen those Facebook statuses <laughs> where people can't spell for shit? And and there's girls like going, "Oh, I love the smell of his colon." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, instead of cologne. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen those. Uh, they tickle me every time. Back to it. So she's got a missing colon. Colon. She's got a missing colon, and a third of her intestines are missing. I feel like the more we say colon, the weirder it sounds. How do colon? Is that yeah? Is it is it not colon? Are we yeah, saying colon, colon as in like the comma thing? Is that not a colon? What? That's a semicolon, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Semicolon. No, but a colon is is the part after your intestines, isn't it? Well, everybody knows yeah. what we're talking about, anyway. <laughs> yeah, the big, the large intestine was missing. That's not the same thing, Becky. I don't think. What? I don't think the large intestine and the colon are the same thing. I think your in colon's after your intestines. Yeah. Well, I think so too. I think the colon's your bum, isn't it? I think it. I think it's well, yeah, because a colonoscopy is up your bum. So yeah. Mm. All right. Well, that that was my time to be my turn to be stupid. Look how intelligent we are. Well, you know, we're not... Uh... I'm not a doctor. The thing is, though, <laughs> like, the three of us get there in the end. Like... <laughs> yeah, we do. We, we all have a little bit we of We might knowledge. not get to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Becky, see, we would get to the moon, just not with our intestines. <laughs> with our um, DNA. <laughs> right. Yeah, listen. Yeah. We're not here for our intelligence, so. That's a good fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> ah. No, I got a really nice PM actually saying that somebody, uh, it was Erin, uh, who messaged me saying that when she listens to our podcast, she feels like she's sat with her best mates. So there you go. That's yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, that's very sweet of her to say. Yeah, so she obviously and, appreciates our... Uh, we probably make you feel a bit cleverer than you already feel. So. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> we are here every week. <laughs> Twice a week, actually. Twice. You know. Oh, it. yeah, with the little mini-sodes. I mean, I want to find out what's happened to this girl's colon. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the murderer might have taken it. Yeah, so autopsy would later reveal that her heart, liver, and vagina were also missing. Her vagina was missing. Her vagina was missing. It's fucked up. Autopsy also states that the cause of death was thankfully asphyxia. Okay, so she she wasn't awake for any of that shenanigans. No, because that's fucked up. The medical examiner, Jose or Jose Sombriero, <laughs> who <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a made-up name, but it's name. not. <laughs> you're just no saying you're just saying Jose Sombrero <laughs> no I'm not <laughs> you definitely did you said Jose no it's Jose sombrero. I'll have you know it's Jose <laughs> Sombrero <laughs> oh fucking hell man sorry Becky and I imagined him to have green hair and a moustache and a hat. Slightly overweight. <laughs> and a big hat. <laughs> <laughs> Some maracas. <laughs> and a donkey. <laughs> 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 
He's Portuguese, babe. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> oh, dear. That was so stereotypical, and I really apologise for that. That was out of order. <laughs> but really funny, so it's okay. But his last name, you've got to admit, does sound like sombrero. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Yeah. Right, okay. Right, serious. Serious heads on. Yeah, the medical examiner, Jose Sombriero, who had never seen anything like this before well, no, at the time. Sounds kind of fucked up. Yeah. Despite being in the same in the in the profession for over thirty years and having completed it over forty thousand autopsies. Forty thousand. Forty thousand wow. over thirty years. That's a How lot, many is that a year? It? Quick maths, maths, maths. I mean, 40,000, surely not. Over 30 years, that's 1,333 1, a year. No. Da fook? No. That's 365. That's 3.6 a day. How many people are dying? That feels, I think those numbers are wrong. I'm not doubting you, Becky. That just feels like an awful that, Yeah, well, I had the same figures on in multiple sources. So I wonder if it was more of a 40-year career. The victim was 22-year-old Maria Valentina, or Tina. She was known as Tina by her friends. That's a nice name. Police began to, yeah, police began to check into her background and found out she was a sex worker and also a drug addict. They found out that Maria had most likely been in the area working. An investigation was launched. However, despite having the body, there were no witnesses, and there wasn't actually much evidence left at the scene. No fingerprints. It was the beginning of the 90s, so DNA was still kind of getting there. And anyway, they, they didn't pick anything. They didn't find anything that they thought um, the killer's DNA could be on. Just so you know, um, Portugal is a Roman Catholic country. So sex before marriage is generally frowned upon. Wow, sad for them. Yeah. Despite this, being a sex worker in Portugal is legal. That seems quite contradictory. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know... With it being Catholic, it's kind of frowned upon, but it's not illegal. Right. The only thing that is illegal is a third party profiting on it. So no pimps or anything like that. No organizations. And also, it in the 70s and before, it was almost a tradition that a young man start his sex life off with a sex worker. That's weird. Yeah. Right patriarchy (laughs) uh other and also i found as well that it would often be like his dad and his uncles and like all the lads together lads 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 to go out and like take the the youngest one to go and have sex with a sex worker as his first uh experience with a woman oh yeah so just to summarize you're not allowed to have sex before marriage but if you're a man it's frowned upon I think it, what it is, is it, let, let's be frank, it's frowned upon for women, but not for men. Yeah, but yeah. blokes are allowed to go to sex workers to pop their cherries. Yep. Yeah, All and right. they basically make it a, a night out with the lads. That's so fucking awkward. Can you imagine getting yeah. taken out and being like, oh, are you going to get a shag tonight? 
Oh, Dad, can you not watch me when I'm doing oh, this? Oh, no. Yeah. I just feel like the whole thing around the culture of it being a, a group activity feels weird to me. You know, like a bit like when people go to Amsterdam and they walk down the red light district and it's like, where are you going in there, are you? Like, do I want anyone knowing I'm having sex at a certain time? Do you? Well, no, I don't, Emma. That's my point. <laughs> it's the, I, that's the awkwardness around it all for me, I think. It's all very awkward and very cringy. So even though sex work is legal, it all still comes with the whole stigma and sex workers considered less than. You know, as I say, it's not as bad there, apparently, but it's still... You know, as we've seen in many of the stories that I've told, if it's a sex worker that gets killed, the police don't do too much until yeah, don't care too they move much. on from sex workers. Whereas this, they they kind of take it pretty seriously quite quickly. Well, it's pretty fucked up, to be fair. I'd be taking it seriously. Yeah, and I think it is because of the awful way that they found her. If she was just, you know, murdered in the usual way, I don't think they would have looked into it as much. As it's a bit more shiny and a bit more new. On the 27th of January 1993, the uh, human rat was back. Oh, is that what he's called? No, he's called the uh, Lisbon Ripper. Okay. It's just uh, the uh, article that I was reading. They were like, oh, well, they called him the human rat. So somebody actually called him the human rat. That's gross. Yeah, pretty rank. The body of Maria F- Fernanda... A mother of two. Oh no. Yeah, was found in a shed under the Antwerp Campus railway line in Lisbon. The crime scene was even grislier than the previous one. Oh, fucking hell. The victim had her head smashed in, oh, and no. she was brutally gutted from the stern to her lower abdomen. And he'd also removed some of her organs again, but this time he'd removed both of her breasts as well. So fucking weird. What are you doing with them? And I also I just think whoever is doing this obviously hates women in a mm. very awful way. For the to completely go and mutilate the body is just a. It's like to him to degrade them completely yeah. and like it. Po- yeah, leave them in in that way. But every single time they didn't touch the face, the faces were intact. They didn't. He didn't punch them in the face or anything. So he did nothing to hide their identity. I thought he smashed her head in. Yeah, from the back, though. Okay. He didn't do anything to her face. I think he'd hit hit her on the head with something like a blunt object. Yeah. So that she'd go down and wouldn't wake up. This actually catches police attention quickly, as the MO is very familiar. Again, found in the shed, and a bit like the last one. Police found out that Maria was also a sex worker, and was most likely working in the area at the time that she was killed. The area where she was found was also very close to this Eduardo the Seventh Park. So this means that Lisbon had a serial killer on the loose. And a really, really, really fucked up one as well, by the sounds of it. Not that you can get, like, nice ones, but... Polite ones. Yeah, this one's pretty, well, just disgusting. But it's gruesome, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Police feared the Ripper was building up a sadist self-confidence because he's getting worse and worse. How can you get worse from that? Well, he's, he's 
he mutilated her even more and he cut off her her breasts as well so anything that made her a woman he took her away i know that's and like he opened her up and everything so how can it get even yeah. fucking worse yeah oh, i don't know fernanda's torso exhibited cuts near her heart and pelvic organs and he had also lacerated her uterus oh my god it's like literally the lady parts isn't it it's like anything that yeah. makes her a woman during the autopsy, the inspectors had to collect the lungs, liver, the gallbladder, stomach, and part of the small intestine that was left. The large intestine was not found again, as was the colon. So obviously, the large intestine is not the same as the colon. So the judicial, judicial police. Sorry, Bex. They put. I just didn't follow yeah. that. So the large intestine was missing, or the colon was missing again. Both. Oh, both? Yeah, large intestine and colon was missing again. And again, so on the first victim it was So missing. on the first one it was, yeah, it, it said colon, but they meant most of the intestine, so I assume the large intestine as well as a bit of the small. Okay. So this is when the judicial police got involved. So they opened a case on January 3rd, 1993, after the death of Maria Fernanda, investigating both her and Maria Valentina's pasts. Six men worked 24 hours a day on the same case, and sometimes even with the support of the drug trafficking department and then the nighttime surveillance brigade. So they all kind of bundled together to try and get this case solved and find the guy. Well, it sounds like they've got their act together and they're doing the right thing. Yes, for once. Yeah, I know. For once. Yeah, congrats to them. Yeah, exactly. There were clues between Lisbon and Casse. C-A-S-C-A-I-S. That must be another town. Anyway, they they found uh, a few clues, but everything was like hearsay and bits of information. They couldn't find enough evidence to make an arrest or even question anyone properly. You know, it's just all... Yeah, nothing tangible. Yeah. I also assume there's always a little bit of distrust between sex workers and the police. Well, yeah, um, you'd, you'd imagine so. I assume Portugal is still quite similar to how it is in most of the world. So the police had a really... They almost knew that this serial killer or serial killers would murder again soon, but they didn't... They just have no way to stop it. They lacked any clues to find where uh who this person is they had an idea that maybe they frequented the area because two victims found in a small you know within a couple of miles of each other but there's you know it's still a lot of people it's a big it's a big city it's the yeah. capital isn't it yeah so the third victim was 27 year old maria ja- joao it's j-o-a-o joao joao yeah. And there's a little wiggle on the A. Yeah, yeah Joao. Joao, Maria Joao from Santo Antonio dos Calaveros. Yep. You do like setting yourself a challenge, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's from Santo Antonio, we'll just say. Okay. Uh, and she lived alone with her two cats, which I thought was adorable. Bless her. I don't know if you've noticed a pattern... 
But all the victims are called Maria? Yeah. I noticed. I was going to say, aren't they all called Maria? I hadn't noticed. Pay, but... pay attention, Tasha. Sorry. She's too busy thinking of ways to get to the moon. It's <laughs> <laughs> my goal in life. Yeah. Yeah, so all the victims are called Maria. So they profiled this guy. Oh, I love a good bit of profiling, I do. Yeah. Love it. So the coroner's report said that he his profile fits a loner with no relations to his victims and above any suspicion, which I think's weird because why are they called why are they all called Maria? Unless that's just a super, super, super common name. It might be a common name. Yeah, but three people dying in that awful way and they're all called Maria. Yeah, it's a bit suspicious. I reckon it will be a common name, but hey. Yeah, yeah but it is, yeah. Evolves. And also, they were all uh, they were all sex workers and they were all HIV positive. Oh, that was an interesting twist. Yeah. So a sex worker's given him HIV, so he's now like fuming and killing everybody. Possibly, that's what I thought. Could be a thing. But also, how would he know that they've got HIV? Good point. I don't know. You know, so that's what I put there. I can't, I can't agree with the whole no relations to his victims part. They think that he has sociopathic and psychopathic tendencies. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> I could have written this. Uh, and that his rage is just going to get worse and worse. So they were really, really worried about this. And I think they were also worried that he'd just go mental and start killing anyone and everything and get get more and more risky with the people that he was killing. Yeah. Yeah. On March 15th, 1993, that's when they found Maria's Maria Jow's body. She was strangled, gutted, cut open, and again had some of her internal organs removed as the second victim was and the first. So is this a fourth Maria or is this the third one? Still? No, this is the third Maria. Okay. Yeah, so this is the third Maria, but it was on the in March fifteenth, nineteen ninety three. So it wasn't too long after the the first the second one was in January. And this is in March on the same year, so they're getting closer together as well. Right. He's getting confident, isn't he? He's getting cocky. Yeah. Almost all of her organs were removed, including her lungs this time. So it seems that every single time he removes an extra organ or two. So is he removing them and putting them next to her body or just taking no, them No, he's removing him? them and taking them. Um, sometimes he'd remove them and leave bits there, but then a lot of the time he'd take them with him. Oh, what's he doing with them? Oh, I don't know. There were two other sex workers found dead in the same region between 1993 and 1997. There were also four similar murders in the Netherlands, Czech Republic, and Denmark, and Belgium. Oh, fuck me, he's travelling about. This led the authorities to believe that the Ripper could be a long-haul lorry driver. Ah. Clever. See, this is why they do what they do, and I don't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But also... I'm not saying, obviously, not all lorry drivers, right? But for fuck's sake, there's loads of lorry drivers that ended up to be serial killers. There's lots of stories that I've had to read through when I'm looking for stories, and loads of them are lorry drivers. Really? 
really? There should be a box you should tick when you're applying for a job. Like, do you plan on murdering people? <laughs> tick yes or no. And all those that tick yes, you should really, like, not hire them. Not hire them, yeah. No. Maybe put them in prison. You're onto something there, Bex. Yeah. I've just saved many, many, many lives. So, yeah. This remains speculation. So, this is where it gets a little infuriating. In 2005, the statute of limitations on the murders of the other two prostitutes in 1990 entered into effect. So he couldn't be charged with their murders anymore? They hadn't found him, but even if they did, can't actually charge him. Yeah. (gasps) What is this stupid fucking law? Yeah, I think it's changed now. But at the time, yeah, even if the murder is discovered, like now, today, he cannot be tried or imprisoned because under the Penal Code of Portugal, these statute of limitations comes into force 15 years after the crime, which is stupid. You shouldn't be able to kill someone and ever get away with it, even if it's 60 years down the line. Absolutely. Yeah, it's messed up. After 15 years, imagine. Oh my God. Just knowing that you've only got 15 years to find someone. Oh my god, it just annoyed that that really annoys me. And that was in France as well. Do you remember with um last week with the babies? Yeah, 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 yeah. Same thing. Wasn't it wasn't it ten years? Or was it fifteen as well? I think it was ten years because they were because there were babies as well. It was less because there were babies. Oh yeah, because um, that's not horrific. I uh, know, exactly. Yeah, we'll make it less years for killing something that was completely defenseless. Yeah, that totally makes sense. The case went cold and they didn't find him until November 30th, 2011, 19 years after the murders. I don't like how close this is getting, Becky. I know, it stayed far away at first. But don't, don't worry, don't worry. Okay. Maybe don't worry. Yeah, yeah. you told me that last week. The trust is gone. Actually, no, I'm saying don't worry, but um, you might worry a little bit. Maybe not, maybe not. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. You decide at the end. We're nearly there. <laughs> <laughs> On November 30th, um, 2011, 19 years after the murders, one suspect, Jose, or Jose Pedro Guedes, age 46, had his name put forward by his own son, Joel, who was aged 21 at the time. He had applied to appear on Secret Story. Do you remember, do you, that's a program in France as well, it's a bit like Big Brother. Oh, have you heard of it? yeah. It's with that I. Yeah. Did we have Loft, Loft Story in France? Yeah, Loft Story, where Secret Story is the contestants go into the house and they all have a secret. And yeah, the yeah, name yeah. of the game is to like figure out everyone else's secret but not give yours away. And whoever's secret they don't find out by the end, that's who wins like a hundred thousand euros or something. Yeah. And uh, so he applied to go on the show, and his secret was I am the son of the Lisbon Ripper. They obviously this was in the pre interviews before the show he didn't actually go on telly at this point sorry 
His secret was he was the son of the Lisbon Ripper. Yeah, with the pre-show interviews, you have to tell them your secret and they'd decide whether it's good enough or bad oh, enough to I go into the show. Oh, I thought they just gave you a made-up secret. No, it's supposed to be real. Oh. It's a real secret, apparently, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's reality TV. But that's what his secret was going to be. And obviously because the 15 years were up, the guy couldn't get done for it. So the police, they called the police, which is, I wouldn't have put, actually, to be honest, I am quite surprised. I wouldn't have put it past reality to be, to be like, oh no, let's not tell anyone. Let's just put him on the show and then we'll deal with the police afterwards. They actually called the police, which is good. Um, And they went and arrested him. He actually confessed details of the murders to like the newspapers and then everything even if he was responsible for the sex worker they found in 1987 he was still over the 15 years um but what happened is when they compared the two versions jose's version and the evidence that was on scene they didn't match up so it was all a big lie and a big hoax. And they just basically said, oh, no, it was just a joke. Ha ha. Don't Yeah, but surely they'd get done for perverting the courts of justice. Or wasting police time, at least. Yeah, they probably yeah. got fined or something, I imagine. But yeah, I, I was going to say, if your dad really was the Lisbon Ripper, you wouldn't be saying that on reality TV. They just wanted to get on the show. Yeah, which is so stupid and sad. He was in the area at that time and his son used to just joke about it with him and that's what they were like, oh yeah, let's just go on telly and say it's that. But actually the police did have evidence that they didn't release. They had a like a fingerprint that they found on a carton of milk at one of the scenes and that didn't match um, Jose's fingerprints, yeah. And then also many, many details of the murders just didn't didn't match oh, up. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like he didn't own a car and have to hitchhike with friends and that, and you wouldn't be able to murder someone in such a gruesome way and then not be covered in blood when your friend comes and picks you up. You know, it's not it's not something that could have been done. Yeah. It's now a cold case. The serial killer will forever remain unsolved and has become no! an, a everlasting mystery taunting the Portuguese authorities. Oh. A spoo. Cold case. How uncomfortable is that? I hate cold yeah, cases. It's a bit much, isn't it? Yeah. Apparently, there was an investigative journalist that did think that he found the person that he thought was the real Ripper, but he was like an old man and he got ill by then and couldn't walk or anything anymore. He had like a disease that gradually stops your mobility. And apparently he tested the fingerprint and it had 13 matching points with the fingerprint they found on the milk carton. There was a cigarette butt that they found at one of the scenes as well that he's pretty sure that if if they did the DNA testing that it would be this man. I mean, even if they did, he's, you know, he's an old sick, sick man by then and they're not going to be able to put him in prison either uh, way. So it's just going to always oh, be a mystery, unfortunately. Yeah. There we are. That's the Portuguese Lisbon Ripper. Well, fuck me. That was grim. Thanks for that cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, no closure. Nope. I mean, kind of, but it, I kind of feel like they were like, meh, he's old. Fuck it. 
a little bit. Wouldn't it have been good just to get some closure? Like, it was actually this old guy, but he's really ill and he's going to die and... No? That was a journalist. It wasn't a, a detective at the end. He wrote a book about it in Portuguese and released quite a few articles. I think they were in 2017. But it's all in Portuguese and it was... Um, when I tried to Google translate it, the Google translation was rubbish. So... Yeah. Um, so I couldn't understand much. Well, that was grim. Those poor, poor women. And I know. I'm very. I wanted to know what was happening with the body parts. What he was doing? Was he eating them? Was what? What was happening? I don't know. I think it was trophies, trophies, and I think he just really enjoyed himself while he was cutting them up. Yeah, but that's that's a fucking big trophy, and a lot of them. Where's he putting them? Like, hanging them up on his wall? People are weird, Emma. Not that fucking weird. I think they are. Really? Yeah, people are weird, mate. Mate, you're killing someone for jokes. I don't, you know, I don't think you qualify as not weird. I think it's just just pure evil, though. There's 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 evil and there's deranged and then there's people like this. Oh, yeah, he's out of his fucking mind. Yeah. Grim. Who looks at someone and thinks, oh, I'm going to cut all them up and so like gross. steal her tits and cut her from head to toe? Wasn't there another serial killer that did the whole cut off the boob thing? Yeah. I think a few of them do it. God. Yeah. Has there been a serial killer, a female serial killer that goes around lobbing off people's dicks? I'll have to look that up. There was that that one woman that chopped off her her husband's dick because he kept abusing her. Fair play, to be honest, if he was abusing her. Yeah, but then um, oh, I don't know what his name was. He was quite well known, and like he had abused her for years and was awful. So she did that, and then he had his penis rebuilt, and there was a lot of dickhead women that were like, "Oh yeah, I love you, and I'll have sex with you." And I think he even oh. did a porn film. Oh, no. yeah, you're right. Yes, you are right. There was a guy who got his dick chopped off and ended up in porn. And he was the one of the biggest pieces of shit ever. And then just loads of people like, oh, yeah, I love you. Oh, people. I'll tell you what, people piss me off. Well, thanks, Becky. Yeah, thank you're you. You're welcome. I'm, I mean, no, I'm, I'm not thanking you. I feel very frustrated. Mm. I don't like cold cases, but I couldn't well, pass no. up a ripper. Why did you do it then? Because <laughs> it was gruesome and gory. And that's what we're here for. So, you girls ready for a ghost story? Yes. Oh, you, Emma. Yes, we are. Scare me. I'm going all the way back to the 1800s, so... Lovely. We've got nothing to worry about. Nope. And my story has some closure, so... All right, get you and your closure. That makes one of them tonight. (laughs) In October of 1896, Elva Zona Heaster met Edward Stribling Trout Shoot. (laughs) What the (laughs) name? Edward Stribling Trout Shoot. Yeah, that person was having a stroke when they named that child. And he goes by Trout, apparently. Oh, so why not Edward? Why fucking Trout? 
Trout is nice though. No, trout makes me. They're just like the no trout makes me feel sick. Mm-mm. What the word trout or the the fact that it's a fish? I think it's everything. Just trout. Ugh. Okay, so Elvazona Hista. She meets Edward in Greenbrier, West Virginia. So Edward's a blacksmith coming from Pocahontas County to work at James Crookshank's shop. I'm loving all these names. These are amazing. <laughs> 1800s, baby. They sound made up, don't they? They don't sound real. Pocahontas, Pocahontas country and Crookshanks. Sorry, have you never watched the film Pocahontas? Yeah, but that's why it surprised yeah. me that there's an actual place called Pocahontas. Well, surely it's just named after her, no? Well, yes. Yeah, I assume it Most is. definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's my favourite Disney film, that. Well, it's touchy, that one. It's got a lot of controversy around it. Wasn't she 14 and John Smith was like in his 20s? John Smith. <laughs> did you Smith. just call him Tom Smith? What did I say? What's his name? You Tom said Smith. Tom. No, John, John Smith. John. I did mean to say John. Not Australian Tom. <laughs> yeah, no, the this, this story itself is actually really fucked up. Yeah, but I mean, the Di- the Disney one's nice though, isn't it? Yeah, but anyway, I'm not even going to get into that. So anyway... So trout. <laughs> Sorry, you really triggered by Pocahontas, Emma. <laughs> no, I just don't want to offend anybody. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> it's a horrible story about a child, and I don't think Disney should have made a fairy tale princess out of it. That's I all. mean, they were all like children, weren't they? Yeah, by today's standards. Yeah, but Cinderella wasn't a real person. The Pocahontas thing, she definitely was. Okay, fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, I see You're you. Right. Yeah. So, back to Trouty Boy. So, he's a blacksmith, and he arrives in town, and he's tall, handsome, strong. He's got all the girls swooning after him. Well, I think he's... I'd fancy a blacksmith. That's manly, isn't it? Yeah, he's, a, he's manly. And... Well, with his name, he should have been a fisherman, shouldn't he? Well, maybe they weren't near a river. Or or at the sea. (laughs) (laughs) I am imagining him to look like Gaston, though. Definitely. Do you know, that's so weird because that's exactly how I imagine him to look like. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Becky, we share a brain. I just imagine him being, like, sooty and dirty. You just think he looks dirty? Like, sooty. Sooty. You know that. He's not a chimney sweep. He's a... He spends all of his days banging a hammer on metal. He can't get more manly than that. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Edward is fit. And Elva Zona Heaster fancies him. So she actually goes by her middle name, Zona. Okay? What's her full name again? Elva Zona Heaster. What country what is this saying? Elva Zona Heaster. Well, where's West Virginia? West Virginia. In America. There we, there we go, then. They do have strange names, don't they, though? Well, it's the 1800s. I don't know. Maybe Elva was no. a really popular name in the I 1800s. I mean, pretty, just unusual. Yeah. But anyway, she goes by Zona, so we're now going to be calling her Zona. Zona and so Trout. Aware. Okay. Trouty. Yep, Trout. Shoe. <laughs> so Zona's mother instantly took a dislike to Edward. So the mother's called Mary Jane Heaster. Okay. 
and she did not like Edward at all. And she didn't want her daughter to have anything to do with him. But despite this, Zona went off and uh, eloped and married Edward. <gasps> Scandal. Dun, dun, dun. Scandal. Scandalous, yeah. Scandal. So sadly, this made a rift between the mum and the daughter and Mary and Zona became estranged. That's sad. It is. Yeah. So Zona and Edward live in a small two-story house in Live Says Mill and all is well until the new Mrs. Shoe becomes ill during January of 1897. So she starts to be checked on regularly by the doctor, who is called Dr. Knapp. I love a nap. Yeah. Dr. Knapp. This is KN, though. It's Knapp. So she's not... So Zona's not very well. Possibly because she's very depressed because she's become estranged from her mum. It's nothing, like, life-threatening, but... The doctor pops in now and again just to check on her. Yeah. yeah. So this brings us to Saturday, uh, January 23rd. Mr. Shoe starts his day as usual. So Mr. Shoe is Edward, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yep. So he starts his day as usual, but instead of going straight to work, he pops into the Joneses. So the Joneses, after what I've gathered, is a house not too far from their own. Mm-hmm. And he asked Mrs. Jones, also known as Aunt Martha, no idea why, Okay. If her son Anderson, who was only 11 at the time, could call on Zona to see if she needed any errands running and, you know, if she was if she was okay because she wasn't very well. The boy was busy with other chores and he had other stuff to do, but he promised um, his mother promised that he would pop in to check on her as soon as he could. Now the weird thing is that Edward came back four times to see if Anderson had been to see his wife yet. And every time that he came and Anderson hadn't been to see Zona, Edward was getting angrier and angrier. So why didn't he just nip back and see his wife? Hmm. Why didn't he indeed? Oh, she did. So he goes back four times and on the fourth time, Anderson's like, right, I better go because he's getting very, very cross. So around 1pm, he says... Right, I'm going now. So he gets to the house and he says instantly he got a weird vibe from the house. He knocked, no one answered. He saw some blood in front of the door, which is not a good sign. Nope. He tried the door and it was open, so he goes in. There was more blood inside the house that led to the dining room. But the dining room door was also closed. He knocks on the dining room door, no answer. He opens the door, walks into the dining room and trips over poor Zona's body. She was outstretched on the floor, eyes open, and her mouth was open in a sort of like a grimace, like she was laughing. I mean, this little boy is 11, yeah, so he's terrified. Yeah. But even though he was terrified, he managed to try and shake her to wake her up. But as soon as he touched her, he realised that she was stiff and cold. Oh, dear. Yeah. So he quickly ran to his mother, shouting, Mrs. Shoe is dead. Um, And then he went to fetch Mr. Shoe, Edward, from the blacksmith, who started shouting and, you know, carrying on whatnot. And then little Anderson ran to go and get the doctor. Edward comes home straight away, obviously, to his wife. The doctor takes a little more time because I imagine he's a little bit further away. Yeah. So the doctor arrives to examine the body. I imagine in these small towns, the doctor is kind of a multitasker, yeah? He does everything. 
Um, so he comes to examine the body or even try and, you know, see if he can resuscitate her in some kind of way. Obviously, that, that becomes apparent that uh, that ship has sailed. Yeah. But what he finds is really, really strange. Edward had brought her upstairs. So he'd taken her from the dining room floor to the master bedroom. He'd changed her clothes He'd put her in a high, stiff neck dress. Do you know the kind I'm talking about with very high necks that come just under your chin? Yeah. yeah. And covered her face in a veil and wrapped it, wrapped this veil in a bow under her chin. And he became, abs- I mean, he was distraught. He was crying and carrying on. And obviously the doctor's trying to examine her to find out what's happened. Edward gets hysterical every time the doctor tries to get near her head. Suspicious. Yeah. So the doctor thinks he's really upset. He's distraught. He's just lost his wife. I'm not going to add to it. We're just going to put the cause of death as everlasting faint. So an everlasting faint back in the 1800s was basically a heart attack. Okay. I also found another source that said childbirth. Now, to me, this didn't add up because I think they were only married for uh, October to January. So three months. Okay. So she couldn't. So there's no way she could have, it could have been childbirth. Well, maybe they could have had sex before marriage. I mean, maybe. I think things went very quickly. I don't think there was time. Unless it was a miscarriage. Yeah. I don't know. So the next day, the Sunday, Zona's body's taken over the mountain to her mother's house. This was the custom, um, so that the loved ones could come and pay their last respects. Edward never left his wife's body, even whilst her relatives visited. He never Mm -hmm. left her alone. And even when he had to leave the room, he told people not to go in without him. He was guarding her so closely and he'd also, really oddly, placed two sheets on either side of her head to keep her upright. Funny, almost as if he doesn't want us to look at the back of her head. Mm. Or has she been decapitated? Mm. Gaston is not the smartest. So, Zona was buried on the Monday, so the day after. And they didn't even check the back of her head? No? No, no, no. She's buried on the Monday in the little family graveyard on the side of the mountain. She's already okay. been inspected by the doctor and it's already been classed as everlasting faint. There's no need to check. Do you not think everlasting faint sounds like a real drama- dramatic way of saying... It's really dramatic, isn't it? Like, oh, heart attack or everlasting faint. Well, yeah. Yeah. And the doctor did say... He did... Oh, I might say this later on, but the doctor uh, did say he knew that she was ill... But there was no indication of her being on her deathbed kind of thing. Yeah. She was just under the weather. Now, none of this sat right with Mary. So remember Mary, the mum? Yeah. So her, like, gut instinct had instantly been, I don't like Edward. And she felt in her heart that something wasn't quite right. And she was pretty sure that he had killed her beloved only daughter. She started praying daily for her daughter to return to her to let her know exactly what had happened. And sure enough, several days after the funeral, Mary awoke to some strange noises in her room. And there in front of her stood Zona. She reached out to touch her, but she instantly vanished. 
So the next day, Mary prayed again, and Zona returned once more. This time not speaking much, but she did return a third time and told her how she had been killed by Edward. She said her neck had been broken at the first joint. The following day, so the fourth day, Zona returned one last time and explained that she'd only prepared bread, jam and applesauce for dinner and that Edward was furious because there wasn't any meat. Now, Edward and Zona were not rich and Zona just couldn't afford to buy any meat. So, you know, it's not something that she'd done purposely. They just couldn't afford it. Yeah. Yeah. But this apparently threw Edward into a mad rage and he jumped up and and killed her. She, and this is not very nice, she, to show her mum to explain exactly what had happened, she spun her head a full 360 degrees. So that Mary would understand that her head was no longer attached to her spine. So Zona gave details about her house and its surroundings. So remember, these two were estranged, so the mother had never visited their house. Yeah. She'd never seen it. So Zona gave her details about the house and its surroundings, and she said to her mother to look for blood on the top right-hand corner of the door frame of the front door, which Mary, of course, goes and checks. And just as her daughter said, there was blood on the top right hand of the front door. Oh my god. And the house was exactly as Zona had described it. Why would there be blood there though? Well, I don't know if he had blood on his hands or blood splatter. Yeah, I, guess I don't so. know. So Mary told her neighbours about the apparition. Um, trying to ruin Edward's reputation. But although they were sympathetic, I think a lot of them kind of remain dubious, a bit like grieving mums losing the plot a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you try and find answers, I suppose. If she, yeah. Yeah, if, if everyone knows that she never liked him anyway. So Mary spoke about it with her brother-in-law, Johnson Heaster, and he believed her and he came and went to visit Edward at his house. So he came away from that meeting even more convinced of foul play. Edward was suspicious. Suspicious, suspicious, suspicious. I like what she did there. <laughs> Sound effects. <laughs> then he spoke with Anderson, remember the little boy? Mm-hmm. And other people that were present that day. And he was getting more and more convinced that something wasn't quite right. So Johnson and Mary go to the prosecutor of the town, who was called John Alfred Preston. Now, Preston had already heard rumours of this ghostly activity, but of course he remained sceptical. But with Johnson also putting forward some of his suspicions, so Johnson being the brother-in-law, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Preston began to think that maybe there was something to all of this. So Preston goes and he interviews the doctor. And the doctor instantly admitted that he was unable to properly inspect the body as Mr. Shoe became hysterical at any point of him getting near her head. Why wasn't he suspicious? The stupid man. Sorry. Well, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So the doctor decided that the poor man was distraught with grief and he didn't want to add to his upset. So yes, Zona had been unwell, but nothing that he would have thought that would have led to her death. It was then decided that Zona must be exhumed and a proper autopsy would be performed. Yeah. They thought it best because it would either... 
it would put Mary at ease knowing that no foul play had occurred, and it would also protect Edward from any further damaging gossip. Yeah. So, the exhumation and autopsy were ordered and carried out on February 22nd, 1987. Doctor and the prosecutor went to get Edward to inform him that they were going to exhume his wife and perform a proper autopsy. So, of course, Edward is, like, protesting. He does not want them to do this, but reluctantly, as he realises there's no getting out of it, he agrees to go with them. So, little Anderson and Aunt Martha were also asked to come. Oh, bless them. That's awful. A bit weird. Mm. Apparently, throughout the journey, Edward kept muttering, I don't know what in the name of God they are taking her up for, as they are not going to find anything. Now, I found two different accounts on how long the autopsy took, right? Yeah. So the first one, it said the autopsy lasted three hours. And the second one says it lasted three days. But I'm going to go with it lasted three hours because... So they dis- they discovered that Zona's neck was broken between the first and the second vertebrae and her windpipe was crushed and she had finger-shaped bruises around her neck. I'm just going to say that it wouldn't have taken three days to find that. Well, no, no, you wouldn't have thought so, would you? So I'm going with it took them three hours. Yeah. So instantly, of course, when the doctor turns around and says, well, Edward, your wife was murdered. Somebody broke her neck. Apparently he kind of just dropped his head, which to everybody that was present just kind of added to his guilt. So Edward was arrested for murder and placed in Louisburg jail while he awaited his trial. At this point, he's sure he's going to be let free because they'd never find any evidence against him. Yeah. Now, if you think, this is why I think he's such a bastard. He kept insisting for that little boy to go around and find his dead wife, didn't he? Yeah. I think he wanted that little boy because what I didn't say is that the Joneses were one of the only black families at the time that lived in the oh, area. Oh, fuck's sake. And I think he was trying to pin it on... Yeah, blame the black boy. Yeah. Yeah, basically. I think he was trying to blame it on Little Anderson. How old did you say he was at the time? Eleven. Yeah. If he was a couple of years older, I think definitely that definitely could have happened. I mean, it could have happened to an eleven-year-old, but uh, yeah. What a, what an absolute piece of shit. Oh, yeah, 100%. So he's sat in jail, but he's carefree because he's like, they've got nothing on me. Yeah. So he starts talking because, you know, he's a cocky git. And he talks about his wish to have seven wives over his lifetime. Who has got time for that? You don't want seven, mate. I mean, that's just a weird se- weird thing to say. And of course, yeah. during the, his time in jail, the prosecutor and whatnot, they're all digging around to try and get some dirt on this guy. Yeah. They find out that he's actually been married twice before. How old is he? Well, he told Zona that he was 29. Oh. But he was, a- but he was actually 35. Oh, liar. So his first wife, apparently, again, I found conflicting stories. Some said his first wife died. Some said his wife divorced him. I'm going with the more believable. She divorced him because he was a cruel bastard. Yeah. And they had a child together and she was like, you know what, fuck you, I'm off. So she left him. The second one died of having a brick land, mistakenly, air quotes, (laughs) on her head whilst Edward was doing some roof repairs. Well, that, that can happen. Yeah, but a brick 
I'd understand tile <laughs> or, or or something, but a whole brick I don't understand. You don't take the wall no. down when you're replacing a roof. Well, you're not a roofer, Becky, so you don't actually know that. I don't know. <laughs> you might as well have dropped a piano on her. We don't know about like 1800s architecture, so... I think I'm an expert. <laughs> <laughs> so they also discover that his name isn't even Edward, it's Erasmus. That is oh. a fucking amazing name, though. Erasmus. Erasmus Shoe. <laughs> what yeah. about the shoe and trout? Because that sounded made up. No, no, they, they, they were real. It was just Edward that wasn't real. So Preston then spends the next several months trying to find more evidence as he feared that Mary's ghost stories would not be believed and would damage the case, which is, you know, yeah, fair, understandable. Fair mm-hmm. Uh, Shu got himself Dr. William Rucker and James P.D. Gardner to defend him, and the case finally arrived at the court on June 30th. It was apparently packed with neighbours from both sides of the mountain oh, wanting to find oh. out. From both sides, eh? Yeah. Both sides of the mountain. Do you think one side really hates the other? I don't think so. I do think there are people that don't believe that Edward did anything, and there are people that think he did. Yeah. And it's a good bit of goss, isn't it? That's, that's, let's yeah. admit, that's why they're there. Absolutely. Who doesn't love a bit of gossip? Yeah. Bit of drama. Mm-hmm. I mean, what the fuck else is to, there to do in 1897? Exactly. Yeah. So the trial starts, and in his opening statement, Preston admits that the case against Edward Shoe was entirely circumstantial, and that the evidence was definitely not something he had ever used before, but that he could prove it all. What about the autopsy, though, with a broken neck? Yes, but they can't prove that Edward did it. Yeah. So he first calls Dr. Knapp, who retold how he initially couldn't expect the body correctly due to Mr. Shoe's total refusal to let him go anywhere near Zona's head. He went on to say that the break was so clean that there is no way that it could be put down to suicide. Yeah. Next on the stand was little Anderson, who told the jury how insistent uh, Edward had been going on to, going to trying to get him to check his wife. Yeah. Other witnesses were called and they said that the only person that they'd seen about or at the house prior to his wife being found dead was Edward himself. Yeah. So then the defence, of course, of course, called Mary to the stand. Oh. Because, you know, they're, they're thinking she's going to go on about this ghost story and it's just all going to fall flat because no one's going to believe her. Yeah. Yeah. They're just going to put it on like a mother's grieving dreams basically but credit due to mary she stood her ground so the questioning lasted quite a substantial amount of time but mary never faltered in her answers all the while the defense are trying to get her to admit that she was dreaming she replied firmly each time quote i had no dream for i was as fully awake as i am in this moment so edward was also called to the stand and this time for some reason, he admits that he's previously been to prison for th- stealing a horse, which seems a really weird time to admit that, because um, I think in the 1800s, stealing a horse is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Uh, but he's saying he did not murder his wife. So basically he's saying, I may be a thief uh, and a criminal, but I'm not a murderer. He loved her deeply and told the jury to look into his eyes and they would see the truth. 
All right, Gaston. So after more of this back and forth, the jury retired to another room and returned after just one hour, convicting Mr. Erasmus Shu of murder in the first degree and suggested he should be given the sentence of life imprisonment. Yes. So this this created a little bit of, well, a fair bit of controversy because back in the day, if you kill someone, you hang for it. Yeah. And that's what the people in the courtroom wanted. They wanted a death Hang sentence. Him. Yeah, this is why it's their family out in there, but they're all like, whoa, death. Well, exactly. They want they want the death sentence, but the, uh, the judge has to take into account that most of the evidence against Edward is circumstantial, so life imprisonment is a fairer uh, option. But you know how they did things back then? What did they do? They made a mob. Oh, did they lynch and him? Mob. Do you think they had a pitchfork? They absolutely 100% had oh, pitchforks. With yes. torches. Yes. Oh my god. Kill the beast! Kill, Kill the, the beast! beast. <laughs> so their, their plan is basically to go and drag Edward out of jail and uh, hang him. So someone got wind of this and decided it was a terrible idea. So oh. they managed to get to the Sports sheriff... Talk. Fucking Lumiere. <laughs> <laughs> so they managed to get to the sheriff in time before the mob descended. The sheriff was able to meet the mob and calm them down and they dispersed, leaving behind the rope they intended to use to hang Edward. So Mr. Erasmus Shoe was taken two days later to Moundsville Penitentiary to serve the remainder of his life. However... He died three years later due to an influenza outbreak. Oh, can't be a bit of influenza. Well, yeah, he still he still got deaded. He got deaded. He deserved. Well, I just feel like he got away with it, though, didn't yeah. he? Oh, that, I bet the mob people were really upset. So anticlimactic. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's a shame we don't have more mobs, really, isn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Mobs are often wrong, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are. You're right. Let's not have more mobs. No. The state of West Virginia has erected a state historical marker near the cemetery in which Zona is buried. It reads, oh. Interned in nearby cemetery is Zona Haster Shoe. Her death in 1897 was presumed natural until her spirit appeared to her mother to describe how she was killed by her husband, Edward. Autopsy on the exhumed body verified the apparition's account. Edward found guilty of murder was sentenced to the state prison. Only known case in which testimony from a ghost helped convict a murderer. Oh, well done to everyone, though. Everyone involved there. And for the doctor to, like, correcting his kind of mistake. Well, 100%, because the doctor could have been like, no, you know, he could have not owned up to the fact that he didn't do his job properly. Yeah, yeah. so I'm proud of everyone. Proud of the young lad, proud of the mum. Well not done, Edward, well though. done, everybody. Good, good job. <laughs> there you go, people. And, and there proud. you go. So that's the ghost of Greenbrier. And I do realise that I kind of stepped on your territory there because it was a murder. No, I really enjoyed it. No, but... but um, when whenever there's a the word ghost in the story, I just leave it alone because it's more ghosty stuff. But yeah, no, that's really really good. That is a really famous case, so you know. I think I've heard of it before, but I didn't know all the details. 
So it was yeah, nice to hear it. People have probably heard that a million times, but I just thought it was really interesting, so I did it anyway. It was really good. Well done. Thank you. You're more yeah. than welcome. Anyway, shall we wrap it up? Let's. Yeah. Yeah, and at the beginning, we didn't do the I'm Becky, I'm Tash, and all that. We didn't even no, do that. Because we fluffed it up. Fluffed. But in an adorable way. Yeah. We did fluff it up. So you can find us on Facebook. Just type in Spine Chillers and Serial Killers and we are there. You can also get us on Instagram, which is SCSK underscore podcast. That's the same for our Twitter and our TikTok. And you can email Becky. Yeah, you can email us on on the email address is chillers.killers.pod at gmail.com for any of your ghost stories, true crime stories or just any cool stories that you'd like to send in to us. I would love to hear from you. Fantabidoza. Okay, so. Thanks for listening, guys. Stay safe. Don't kill people. And keep it weird. Bye. Bye. Bye.